CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop alongside Michael Garrell, and we are here the day before CFL Free Agency. It is now, as of recording this, less than 24 hours till the window opens, and we hopefully see a flurry of activity around the league. A lot of free agents... Uh, and a lot of moves to be made for each of the teams. And uh, we're going to talk about some of these guys that are likely changing places starting tomorrow. And to do so, of course, Michael Garrell is here as well. Mike, how are you this evening? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I hope you and the rest of our listeners are ready for the frenzy that I think we'll ensue tomorrow. Now, hopefully, obviously, there is a frenzy tomorrow. It's interesting to see how the uh, lack of a CBA agreement plays into that. Uh, we know the CFLPA is not want to start negotiating until March, so we'll see how that affects free agency. But, uh, Mike, it, it, we're in a bit of an interesting scenario here because we're recording this Monday night. By the time most people listen to this, free agency will likely have been already started. Some of these guys we're talking about have already signed by this point. So here's your opportunity tonight, Mike, to call your shot. Because people are going to be listening to this after these players have already signed. Here's our chance to go and say and look back on this and say, we got it right. So we're going to go through position by position here. Talk about uh, who, who needs to make a move, who can stand pat at that position and the different options out there available. And I want to know where you think some of these guys are going. Sounds good. Uh, before we get into that, the Canadian Football Countdown is a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check out cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on Twitter for all the other great Canadian Football Podcast Network shows. Mike, let's waste no time and get into the hot ticket item when it comes to free agency. It's the most important position on the football field, it's the quarterback position, and this is where we have some of the biggest names out there uh, likely trading spaces here. And we know one of them already, not officially, but all signs pointing towards it. Uh, Mike Riley heading to the BC Lions. Uh, fully expect that to come uh, once the window opens tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think... It actually made sense. I mean, Mike Riley is from the Seattle area. His family lives there. Last I checked, geographically, Vancouver is close to Seattle. Uh, last I checked, his former general manager is there. Um, so there's a whole lot of interesting reasons and, I guess... More positive things spinning in Edmonton, or sorry, in BC's uh, direction for trying to sign uh, Mike Riley. Now, it could come out that we're completely wrong on this, and all of a sudden, you know, Mike Riley stays in Edmonton, but uh, he was granted uh, an opportunity to speak to BC. All signs seem to be pointing towards it that 
Riley goes to the So here, here's the thing now, Mike. We have, we have a couple other big-name quarterbacks out there. We have a couple teams that are without a quarterback on the roster heading into tomorrow, and a couple teams that are set up well at the quarterback position. So just to cover this, and I want to I want to know how you see the quarterback landscape playing out here in the CFL. We've got Mike Riley's a free agent. He's likely heading to BC, as we imagine. You've got Bo Levi Mitchell is a free agent still. You've got uh, now just scrolling through the teams. You got Trevor Harris out of Ottawa is a free agent. Um, Drew Willie from Montreal is a free agent. Um, who else am I all missing here? Jonathan Jennings is a free agent. Uh, you got some big name free agents here, on this, Mike. How do we see this playing out? Well, I, I think the way it is, and I said this a while back, I wrapped in it to a name of musical chairs. Tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central Time, uh, the music starts. How long till the music stops? And somebody had left. Yeah, I, I think that's a very real possibility here because I've been trying to go through these different scenarios in my head. Um, really, you have, you have the three big pieces here, right? You have mm-hmm. at least the first domino to fall. Bowie by Mitchell is another huge domino that's going to fall. And if those two fall quick, this may be a several-team Trevor Harris sweepstakes. And I think it's going to be regardless of what happens with these other two. How much... How much do you feel that teams would rather go after Trevor Harris instead of the other two on the list? Just from the standpoint that, you know, the supposed bully by Mitchell and Mike Riley sweepstakes, if what we're hearing is correct, of wanting $750,000 to $800,000, that's going to price some teams out of the market very, very quickly, one would think. Absolutely. I, I think Trevor Harris is um, a very intriguing option because I he I think he's up there in the upper echelon of the league. He still has naysayers. Uh, I think he disproved a lot of them, especially with that performance, that record-breaking performance in the Eastern Final. Granted, he did not follow it up with the Grey Cup win, unfortunately. But I think Trevor Harris is a big-name quarterback. He puts up the numbers year in and year out, and I think he's going to get paid. Well... Put it to you this way. Depending on what happens with Bowley by Mitchell, both quarterbacks who played in last year's great top team could conceivably have new addresses on the first day of free agency. Now let's just look at the teams in need here at the quarterback position. I see a couple teams that I don't expect to see anything coming from them. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they've got Matt Nichols, they've got Chris Strebler back both for next year. I don't see any movement there. Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have already re-signed Mazzoli. I don't see any change there. Maybe they try to get in a different backup there to help them out. Um, but and surprisingly, the team, the the one other team I don't see making any sort of change this year, the Montreal Alouettes. I, mm. I they've got their four guys um, that you know showed some improvement as the year went along last year. I think they're going to stick with them. All right, I will give you that. So then let's look at the other teams out there now. You have, let's throw, you know, we can possibly throw BC off the table here because if they do, in fact, sign Mike Riley, you know BC's not going to go out in the market for another big-name quarterback. But you have 
You look at Edmonton. If Mike Riley does leave, there is a hole there for the Eskimos. Calgary is up in the air. We don't know yet uh, what Bo Levi Mitchell is going to do. You have to think Saskatchewan's looking to make a change. I know they have uh, their quarterbacks are all free agents. Brandon Bridge is a free agent. Zach Caleros is a free agent. Um, you have Toronto, who I'm not really sure what to make of their quarterback position. I don't know if we should expect Toronto to stick with the guys they had. There are reports out there that uh, James Franklin is under contract for this year. They tried to renegotiate and add another year for him. And uh, he basically said he wasn't interested in that. So of, of these remain, and then Ottawa as well, because if Trevor Harris leaves, yeah, they have Dom Davis under contract. They re-signed him at the end of January. But the question then is, is that enough for them? Or do they want to go out and get another quarterback? So break it down here for me, Mike. You've got Mike Riley. You've got Bo Levi Mitchell. You've got Trevor Harris. You've got Brandon Bridge, Jonathan Jennings, Kevin Glenn, I'm sure I'm missing some other guys here. Who do you see each of these teams going after? Well, I, I think to me, the wild card in all of this is what the Saskatchewan decide to do. Because we know for a fact Edmonton didn't need a new quarterback based on reporting. The team that nobody's really talking about, but teams to have a lot of money is the Riders. Right. And... I think if you're Jeremy all day, I think if you're credited in that new whole, I guess, post-Chris Jones regime, what was their weak spot last year? Uh, and, and that's something I wonder as well, is Chris Jones has always been a defense-first kind of guy. I wonder if Jeremy O'Day is going to come in, recognize that his offense was not good at all last year, and really emphasize that. I think we're going to see a change at the quarterback position. I think we can look to see probably a couple big-name wide receivers heading to Saskatchewan. I think this is a team that is going to be spending money. And the question, and, and personally, I, I think they're going to throw a lot of money Trevor Harris's way. I'm thinking Bolu by Mitchell. I have Bo staying in Calgary. I'll put that out there right now. I think Bo stays in Calgary, mainly because I just can't fathom him wearing Riders green. Um <laughs> like, like, I can't even imagine that after all the trash talk that's gone on between these two teams and everything that's happened. Yeah, you know, bygones be bygones when you're paying me, you know, we'll forget everything. But I, I don't know. I can't. To be fair, it's going to be weird if we don't see Mike Riley in an Eskimos uniform next year. I think it would be even weirder to see Bo Levi Mitchell in anything but Calgary Red. I really believe it comes down to Saskatchewan and the Calgary for Bully by Mitchell. Probably. I, w I would agree. Saskatchewan's probably the other option. Um, a couple guys. So then the question for you is, um, does Trevor Harris go back to Ottawa? And if not, who do they look to? Do they, they have Dom Davis they brought back. He showed a couple bright flashes, I thought, last year in limited time. Is that enough for them, or do they go out and get one of these other guys? Can I make the suggestion for you? Sure. Don Davis just recently signed a two-year contract extension with Ottawa. Is that not the dead giveaway that Harris is not coming back? I don't know. Or am I reading the tea leaves, Ron? Because if you're Don Davis, don't you go somewhere looking for a starting job? 
is he going to get a starting job somewhere else, though? When you have these big ticket items out there, I'm not so sure. Unless he knows something that we don't, and maybe he becomes a starter in Ottawa. Maybe. A um, couple of these other guys, because uh, I don't want to spend the whole day on the quarterback position, because we've got a lot of free agents around the league to talk about, and this position has been talked about, you know, endlessly. Some of these other guys, Jonathan Jennings, Brandon Bridge, Zach Caleros, Kevin Glenn. What do you see happening with these guys? Jennings, I, Jennings is the interesting one to me because I still believe Jonathan Jennings has potential to be a starting quarterback somewhere. I, I'm, I'm still a fan of his. I know he's lost his way a little bit after injuries kind of plagued him there, but I still think he has the potential to be a good quarterback. And I'm just trying to figure out which team, because he's not going back to BC. I'm trying to figure out here which team takes the chance at him. I, I, I think, honestly, it's it's staring you right in the face if you're thinking Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I that is one that I'm thinking about. But if you're looking at a young, developing quarterback, doesn't Toronto already have two of those under contract? Mm, yeah, but contract, contracts are not guaranteed in the CFL. And, you know, what? with... James Fife was refusing to add an extra year to his contract, which is well within his rights. I just wonder if he looks at the situation, and I know this seems far-fetched, but do you see any situation in which James Fife is traded back to Edmonton? I know a couple of certain people, uh, one in particular who hosts the Eskimo Empire podcast, that would love that, um, but... That is a possibility. I think, you know, you have to look at the options there if you're Toronto. And Edmonton really is uh, at the quarterback position, at the wide receiver position. I am so intrigued to see what happens with the Eskimos here because you go from having the best quarterback in the league to now Mm -hmm. we have no idea. And not only that, whatever quarterback they're bringing in, they got to bring in a whole slew of wide receivers in Edmonton for them because – uh, Duke Williams is off to the NFL. Bryant Mitchell's off to the NFL. Darrell Walker is a free agent, and there are rumors out there that he could be heading to BC along with Mike Riley. Which how BC is going to afford that is another question in itself. Um, Compared to considering the guy they also signed today, and Brian Burnham, Brian Burnham, which I believe has almost a two hundred thousand dollar contract. But my point is for Edmonton, like their whole offense. Just got blown up. On top of a defense that has questions. So where do you start on offense for Edmonton? Uh, Do they look at, you know, a veteran guy like a Kevin Glenn? Do they get Glenn to start this year, bring him back to start this year? Or do they look at a young option like a Jonathan Jett? I think to me there's a lot of questions that need to be answered first. Um, This to me goes to what was announced today by the Eskimos, and that is that team president Lionel Rhodes is leaving uh, his post next week on the 20th, I think it is, or 21st. Um, I don't know how Brock Sutherland can go ahead and, and start beginning to assemble this roster. The other thing for me is I, I don't think it's out of the, the realm of possibility 
that Trevor Harris goes to Edmonton given that Brad Sutherland used to work for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Not only that, who's the head coach in Edmonton? Jason Mudd, former offensive coordinator of Trevor Harris in Ottawa. I think that's a fit there we could look at. I think I think as much as everybody wants to talk to Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley, I think we're going to see a bidding war for the services of Trevor Harris. I'm a big fan of Trevor Harris. I love the way he plays. Um, sure, you know, he does have consistency issues at times, I think, but he, he's a big game guy who can deliver a big game for you. And this, to me, speaks to if you want to move away from away from uh, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Plays right into the hands of a team like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How so? While everybody's sitting around the table squabbling over dollars and cents and which quarterback, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers can aggressively move to fit their team in other ways. Right. Yeah, that is a good point as well. Uh, so let's move on, speaking of which, to a different position here. Mike, what position do you want to talk about next? Could be offense, defense, special teams. Uh, where do you want to go next? Actually, can I just slide in some breaking news here? Sure. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos have signed five players to contract extensions. Who's that? Fullback Calvin McCarty, one year. D- defensive back Forrest Hightower, one year. Receiver Kenny Staff. For two years, O lineman Colin Kelly, two years, lawn snapper Ryan King, three years. That's a big one there. We talked about the wide receiver position, and maybe that's a perfect spot to go to next year. Um, you know, how Edmonton's losing so many pieces there. One of their best receivers was Kenny Stafford, and he is coming back now for next year. I think that's a good beginning spot, and I expect them to add a couple more big pieces here as well. Maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise in reality that the Edmonton Eskimos might lose Mike Riley because it'll allow them to maybe improve their team elsewhere without having to worry about allocating big dollars at quarterback. Yeah, and, and this is this goes back kind of to what I wanted to talk about there with BC is rumors report that Mike Riley goes to BC for seven hundred thousand dollars. Uh, Brian Burnham signs for almost 200000 If Darrell Walker's coming, you have to imagine it's probably something around 150000 or north. Sure, bringing in these guys is great, but it means you're going to lose talent at other positions on the football field. And that's the interesting thing with so many free agents, with so many teams having different ins and outs that they need to, you know, holes that they need to fill, is you have some teams that can go out and spend a lot of money on quarterbacks, but then you have other teams that can spend that money on other positions, such as at wide receiver. Yeah, and, and it's it's just very interesting. Uh, there's a um, report now surfacing that uh, the Montreal Alouettes have signed B.J. Cunningham. And that's another big one off the board there. Uh, Cunningham has been one of the better receive one of the best receivers, arguably the best receiver for. Uh, Montreal over the past couple of years, I would say. So talking about the big options out there still, or first, while I look through some of these big options, who do you think has a, who do you think needs to upgrade at wide receiver tomorrow? Who needs to go, Winnipeg? Who needs to go out and get one of these big fish? Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, Toronto. 
I would agree, yes. Montreal? Yes, uh, pretty much every year. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe the Riders. I, I would actually put the Riders pretty high up there on that list because offensively they struggled last year, right? Um, two bright spots for them. Naaman Roosevelt, he's a free agent. Probably, possibly won't be back. They lost Jordan Williams Lambert to the NFL. Uh, they released him for NFL opportunities. So I think the Riders are a big player when it comes to the wide receiver position. And you got some big names out there that I think are going to, uh, you know, have big paydays tomorrow because everybody's looking for that game-breaking wide receiver. And, and another team I'll throw into there that over the last couple of years I wouldn't imagine would need to be a big player again is the Ottawa Red Blacks. You know, they've had their big-name receivers for the past few years, and then all of a sudden now you have... Uh, Deontay Spencer, he's off to the NFL. I believe signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, if I am correct on that. You have mm-hmm. Greg Ellingson, who's now a free agent and possibly won't be back. Brad Sinopoli is back still, sure, but I think they're going to need some pieces there, uh, especially if uh, if they want to keep Trevor Harris around uh, or especially if they go with somebody new at quarterback. My question is... Is there going to be enough money to go around? Probably not, and that's why the CBA negotiations are going to take forever. To me, this spells big trouble, and the longer this goes, I wonder if the CFL season starts on time. And that is a discussion I think we'll leave for another day. Are there any teams that you think won't make a move at all, don't need to improve at all at wide receiver? I'm going to throw another team up there that I think I could talk about on every offensive position and probably most defense positions, a team I don't expect to see much from over the next couple weeks. And that's the cool. Hamilton Tiger Cats. I, I they, They've got their quarterback. They've got Alex Green back at running back. They've got Brandon Banks back for a couple more years. They've got Jalen Saunders back and healthy. Yeah, they have a couple you know, of their better guys at wide receiver are free agents as well. But you've got your two core receivers, your star running back, and your all-star quarterback on offense. It's a very interesting point that you bring up with regards to that. Um, The other thing for me is it seems like Calgary's going to have a lot of turnover based on what I've been reading. Um, This makes it very, very unique because... I don't think you can say that there's one team that will not make a move. Like when I really think about it, there is some serious, serious talent that teams are going to go shopping for tomorrow. Just going through it here from BC, you've got Corey Watson, Devere Posey, Anthony Parker, uh, Shaq Johnson, uh, Marco Iannuzzi's retired, but he's still on this list. Um, you've got Manny Arsenault, who's likely moving on from BC. That's a big name guy right there. Uh, from Edmonton, you got Darrell Walker. You just mentioned Kenny Stafford re-signed. Jamil Smith is a free agent. Bryant Mitchell's off to the NFL. Uh, Vidal Hazelton's a free agent. Do you mind reading me Winnipeg's list? I, I know Dempsey's one of them. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just moving through the list here. 
Uh, Jerron Kreiner uh, is also a, a free agent. Nate Bahar uh, getting into Calgary. You mentioned a lot of turnover there. Eric Rogers is a free agent. Uh, Mark and Michelle is off to the NFL. Chris Matthews is off to the NFL. Uh, Kamar Jordan has been brought back. Bakari Grant's a free agent. They brought him in at the end of the year. Lamar Durant's a free agent. Devaris Daniels is a free agent, and Jawan Breskison. So so many different wide receivers in Calgary last year. Basically, all of them are free agents. Scary. Uh, and then moving on to Saskatchewan, you got Naaman Roosevelt, I mentioned, is a free agent. Uh, Kenny Stafford was released. Looks like he's signed in Edmonton, so there's another wide receiver option for the Eskimos. Uh, Brian Jones is a free agent. Caleb Hawley is. Uh, Devin Bailey, Rob Bag. Uh, getting into the Bombers. Again, Winnipeg's one of the teams that has the most um, guys retained for next year already. Uh, but at wide receiver, Ryan Lankford, Weston Dressler, Nick Dembski. Uh, those are the three guys at wide receiver that are free agents. There's reports coming in, Ryan. I'm just looking here that the Stampeders have re-signed Jawan Brustison. And that, I, I think that's a great pickup for them. Uh, I believe a Canadian, correct? Yes. Breskison is. Had a strong year last year. I believe had the catch of the year even. And uh, he's a good piece to build around for them when it comes to Canadian talent. Moving, uh, so the, you, you'd think I'm done already, uh, but no. There's Chris Williams. There's Terrence Tolliver. There's Terrell Sinkfield. There's Markway McDaniel. Mike Jones. Um, Shamad Chambers. Miles White is from Toronto is a free agent wide receiver. Um, Deron Carter. Do we expect Deron Carter to land anywhere, Mike? Winnipeg. No, just kidding. Um, I don't know. Don't know. Remains to be seen. Uh, Remains to be seen. I, I, I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of teams that will do some extensive character research on Mr. Uh, Deron Carter. From Ottawa, you got Dominique Rimes. Uh, you've got uh, Julian Fioli. Godino was brought back, so he's not a free agent. Greg Ellingson is probably one of the top options out there. Uh, from and then to round it out from Montreal, Josh Stanford, Alex Pierzalski, uh, who retired. Never mind. Um, George Johnson's a free agent. B.J. Cunningham, you mentioned, was just brought back. Uh, Darius Bowman's a free agent. And Steven Adekowalu is a free agent. Out of this long list I just mentioned here, Mike, who would you say are the top picks that are going to go off the board pretty quick and get a payday? Uh, in no particular order. Yeah. Devaris Daniels, Greg Ellington, uh, Mike Jones, the guy from Hamilton. I think he's in for a better pay rate than people expect. Interesting. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the dive at the Bombers target. Yeah. Because it seems like every time I watch a game involving Hamilton, Jones made some kind of big catch. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he had several games, I know, where, you know, he'd go a couple games with two catches for 40 yards, if that. And then all of a sudden, boom, 100-yard game, Mike Jones. Boom, 150-yard game, Mike Jones. I, I think there's some big options here at wide receiver. I'm interested to see where they all move. I, I think the Bombers are going to be playing for, uh, need to be in on a wide receiver. Um, 
I think, first of all, they need to bring Nick Dembski back for next year. It's more of a priority than going out and getting a new guy. Uh, that being said, they do have some Canadian depth there. Um, but I think there's also other positions of need for that team, which we'll get into in a little bit here, um, that I don't know if they can get into the big bidding war on a couple of these big, big name guys. Here's the interesting thing. Are you surprised the Bombers have not re-signed Weston Dressler? Not particularly. I, I, I think I wouldn't, I, I put him in the category of, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see the team move on, if that makes any sense. Because he is getting up there in age. He has been banged up quite a bit. Sure, he's been effective when he's in the lineup. But how useful is that when he's only in the lineup for half the year? To, to me, and this is no not against him, and this is no not against all the other guys that the Bombers have, but to me, I still think the Bombers are lacking the guy that can stretch the field vertically on a consistent basis. I would agree with you. I think Darvin Adams has that potential, but... I, I think if you bring in another guy, like an Ellington type of player that can stretch the field, I think that'll only make Darvin Adams more effective. Just to round up the wide receiver talk here, Mike, I'm going to go rapid fire on five of these guys you've mentioned. And I sure. want you to just give me the name of where you think they're going to go. All right. Um, we'll, we'll start off with Manny Arsenault. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Interesting. Greg Ellingson. Saskatchewan. Uh, Devaris Daniels. Edmonton. Who else can I look at? Who else can I grab off this list for you? Uh, let's go a guy that was... Uh, one of the biggest name receivers a couple of years ago missed an entire season and got back, but couldn't really get back into the swing of things much. Terrence Tolliver. Toronto. Sure. All right. We will leave it at that with the wide receivers. Obviously, we could go through all of them um, and, and, you know, predict where they're going to go and maybe get a couple right, but probably be wrong on the majority of them. But we don't want to do a four-hour podcast here, so we'll move on to the running back position next. We'll be back right after this quick break. To interact with us on social media, follow us on Twitter at at CFC on MikeFM. Mike can be found at at MikeGarrell, and Ryan can be found at at CooperTrooper42 as well. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CFC on MikeFM. Want to catch up on old episodes of the show? Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes under the Canadian Football Countdown. Whatever platform you're listening on, we'd love it if you would take a moment to like, comment, subscribe, or follow, and share to help us grow the show. Thank you very much for your support. Now, back to the show. Well, before we move on to talking about the running backs, uh, well, we took about an hour break uh, in between the recording here, and uh, within that time, we have some breaking news, Mike, which uh, the first domino looks like it has dropped, essentially, and will be announced at noon tomorrow, much as we already speculated, uh, as per Ryan Rashog of TSN, Mike Riley to the BC Lions looks to be a done deal. Yeah, this is, to me, this is chartering absurd. Four years, about 700000 per year. First of all, I know somebody else signed a four-year contract this offseason. I forget who it was. Um, 
I've been to one of the riders. Was it one of the riders? Yes, it was uh, oh, Zach Evans, defensive line, correct? That's who it was, yeah. I, I didn't even know four-year contracts were a thing in the CFL. I've seen three-year contracts, but most contracts are one or two years. You have a four-year contract for Mike Riley, who's 34 years old, is now making 700000 a year, which, granted, we don't know all the contract numbers across the CFL, but the largest I can remember in the last couple of years is probably around 500000 Mm-hmm. This is a big payday for Mike Riley, and boy, the BC Lions are tying a lot of cap money up in the guy that they believe in. And I mean, Mike Riley's got the track record, he's got the stats and everything that he, he deserves the money. I just wonder if this is a long term thing, is the money spent well worth it for the Lions when they could be spending at other positions? To me, it becomes a durable. A durability issue. Like, no, not against Mike Riley, but he does hit an awful lot, right? Yeah. He's he just up, he's shaking up, yet he keeps playing. One serious hit. Just look at Richie Ray last year. One serious hit, and that's seven hundred thousand dollars with nothing to play on your roster for the. Yeah. Now, granted, you can put him on IR and you did all that capitally, but still, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I mean, he was going to get paid either way, right? Like, like, no matter where he went, he was going to pay. In fact, you were just telling me that, uh, or sharing with me, that Edmonton actually offered to match what BC offered the four years for 700000 but he chose the BC Lions instead. Yeah, and this to me goes back to what I said earlier, location. And I think that the message that things aren't well in Edmonton, reading between the lines as well. You know, we we talk about did BC overpay for Mike Riley. I think there's one reason we haven't talked about yet, why they were willing to pay so much, is Riley's going to put people in the stands in BC, which has been an issue for them the last couple of years. Sure, they've tried some new marketing things, but there's nothing like signing the top quarterback in the CFL to a four-year contract to get people who may have lost interest in your team to start signing up for season two. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are you starting to tell me that sticking money into a team will be a long-term financial fit in BC? I think so. I, I mean, if Riley leads his team to a championship or two over the next couple of years, I, I think people are going to start taking notice in BC. And, I mean, frankly, they should already because it's exciting football, but they seem to not a lot of the time. Um, I, I think it helps the situation there in that sense quite a bit as well. And we'll see what the numbers are this year. Uh, before we get back on track uh, with our free agent news here, uh, or our available free agents, uh, another one that now gets added to the list that we all thought was going to retire is defensive lineman John Bowman of the Montreal Alouettes, who back in October basically said he was 98% sure he was done. And uh, it comes out just now that uh, he will be hitting the market and looking to play for 2019. 
dead. Somebody did it a very dead defensive player and a very dead uh, veteran. And if I'm a Winnipeg Blue Bombers, yes, I'm one of those teams lining up for his services. And wherever he goes, I'm just hoping John Bowman gets a chance at the Cup, right? Because he, he's stuck it out. He's been one of the best, big pieces that stuck it out in Montreal the last couple of years through the pain, growing pains. I hope he gets a chance at a cup this year. He should. I, I'm sure there will be a lot of people looking for his services. Uh, we started, we were about to get into the running back position before we got derailed by some of this news, Mike. So let's get back to that. And I think this is a position that kind of interests me a little bit because you look at the list here, you got a couple bigger name running backs on it. You've got William Powell out of Ottawa. Jeremiah Johnson out of BC, Chris Rainey out of BC among the group here. John White from Hamilton started a couple games last year. These are some big name running backs. My question is, where do they fit into things? Because if I look at all the teams around the league and where they're sitting at in the running back position, you've got BC has Terrell Sutton as their starting running back. Edmonton's got C.J. Gable. Calgary's set up well with Don Jackson, Romar Morris, Terry Williams. Saskatchewan's got their guys back from last year. Winnipeg's got Andrew Harris. You've got Ottawa now has the hole without William Powell, which I can't see any way Powell doesn't come back. Uh, Montreal's got a young guy in William Stanback. Hamilton's got Alex Green back for another year. And uh, Toronto's got a guy that I'm really excited to see a full season from in Brandon Burks. Where do these guys land that I just mentioned, these free agents? The interesting thing to me is, if you're a team like Winnipeg, and I hate to always solely talk about Winnipeg, but we are from Winnipeg, and that's kind of the world we live in, I'm intrigued if the Bombers looked at a guy like Chris Rainey. Yeah, I, I, I think Rainey is Rainey's an interesting option out of these, right? Because Rainey's a running back, but he's used primarily in many other ways than a running back, right? He's used as a wide receiver at times. He's primarily on return duty. I think I could see him getting a job somewhere primarily as a return guy. Um, I'm wondering if maybe you see him go to a place, say, like Montreal. I know they've had Steph Logan doing return duties the last couple of years. He's still getting up there in age. Maybe they bring in a big guy, big explosive uh, talent like Rainey, have him duel back with William Stanback. I, I like that fit for, uh, for Chris Rainey there. And the other thing for me is... The Bombers need somebody to back up Andrew Harris. The Keenan LaFrance is, is on this list, too, so his contract is up. Granted, they have Johnny Augustine, but I'm not sure Johnny Augustine fits the bill of the backup to Andrew Harris. Well, that's the thing. With all these guys on the free agent list here at running back, I think you're looking at teams wanting a strong one-two punch because we're seeing that more and more in the CFL. My question is, though, is it going to be a priority for teams to go out and sign these guys on day one? Or is it well, going to, look to fill in the position, their other positions, and then come back to them? Especially because running back is one of those positions where it's a dime a dozen. And to be honest, there's nobody here that jumps out as must sign like, well, imme immediately like from a Winnipeg perspective. 
Well, yeah, as like a second string guy. I mean, if you need a start, like William Powell was the second leading rusher in the CFL last year. I don't see any way he doesn't come back to Ottawa because where else is he going to go? Who else is going to go spend big money on him when they're tied up against the cap, such as a team like BC that just spent $700,000 on Mike Riley? Everyone would love, don't get me wrong, everyone would love to have someone like William Powell or Jeremiah Johnson on their team. I just don't know if financially, given that every team is decently set up well at the running back position already, is going to go out and spend extra on that. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And it's too bad the CFL will not allow teams to release where certain players are in the salary cap. Granted. There's a certain percentage in which teams at this point of the year are allowed to go over the salary cap, and then they're allowed to adjust the roster in time for week number one. So there's no saying that a team can't go over the salary cap tomorrow. Right. Uh, I will give my predictions full out there for these couple guys. Uh, I think Powell sticks in Ottawa. I think Jeremiah Johnson maybe goes to Toronto. Uh, to be with, to do a dual back system with Brandon Burks there. I think Chris Rainey goes to the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, a couple other names there. You got Lawrence Pittman from Montreal, Moses Madu from Ottawa, Trayvon Van, Toronto, John White, Mercer Timmis out of Hamilton, Keenan LaFrance uh, won't be back in Winnipeg most likely, Cam Marshall from Saskatchewan, you got Martise Jackson, Pascal Lachard, out of Edmonton, and then Brandon Rutley out of BC. So there's some deep, some pretty solid uh, 1B second-string running back talent out there. And I, I think all of these guys are going to end up landing places. I just don't know if it will be priority number one once noon Eastern time hits on Tuesday. Especially when you factor in the running backs are a dime a dozen from U.S. colleges as well. Right. Uh, let's finish off on the offensive side of the ball, Mike, and talk the offensive line. Um, who do you see as teams that need to be active when it comes to the offensive line? Because, frankly, that as much as we want to put the emphasis on the quarterback position, everything starts and ends with the offensive line. If your offensive line can't keep the quarterback upright long enough to throw a pass, there's no point in having a highly paid star quarterback. Um, so offensive line is always something you need to improve on. That being said, some teams are obviously better off than others. Uh, who do you see as a team that, uh, is well off there right now and a team that needs to improve? I mean, I'm looking here at a team like Ottawa. They're losing potentially both John Gott and Sir Vincent Rogers. Yeah. Like, that to me is concerning. Um, Tyler Holmes should get a lot. He was a nice feeling guy for Toronto. I like Spencer Wilson. To me, I wonder if a team like the Bombers kicks the tires at Travis Bond again. Yeah, do you think, I mean, Travis Bond was so highly priced when he went to Saskatchewan from Winnipeg and then uh, didn't work out there and he goes to Edmonton. Do you think his price tag is still pretty high, or do you think it's come down a bit since the no, year I, ago? I, I think it's bottomed out a little bit, and that's why I think the Bombers are, are right in that situation uh, where they could potentially sign him. 
Another interesting name here that I'm looking at is jo- Jovan Okoye from BC. I mean, maybe perhaps a cap casualty of what's to come with the money being spent. Yeah, you want to talk about big names on the offensive line in terms of free agent? I would say Sir Vincent Rogers is up there. Uh, you mentioned Jovan Okoye. Uh, you've got a couple guys out of Calgary, Spencer Wilson, Quinn Smith, Randy Richards. Um, Suk Chung of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think, is a big name and possibly even the best offensive lineman out there. Uh, a young guy who is a CFL All-Star, and uh, it looks like they're not even close, uh, him and the Bombers, on a contract, and he will be hitting the market at noon on Tuesday. This, for a team that needs to improve at the position, and I'm looking at a team like the Montreal Alouettes, because I think that was the epitome of their offense last year, is, you know, I watched a couple Alouettes games where it was, whether it be Johnny Manziel or Antonio Pipkin, every single play, they were running for their life the quarterback back there. And I think Montreal needs to spend at that position. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Superchung going to the Alouettes. Yeah, and more than a few more than a few offensive linemen I think can find their way. The intriguing thing for me is Josiah St. John and Saskatchewan. How he's kind of fallen out of favor there. Well that started pretty quick, right? because uh, he didn't uh, he held out for a better contract, I think, uh, yeah. after he was drafted. So you know, everybody was hyping him up before the draft. He sits out a little bit and really hasn't taken off since. It's a very interesting dynamic with that. And I don't want to say he fried himself on the spot with that holdout, but it certainly didn't help his cause. And then he could never uh, maintain a consistent starting position there with the Riders. So, you know, they kind of felt like maybe they should cut ties with them or... Maybe it's his agent already demanding more money for, for quite honestly, a rather uh, unknown commodity. If you're looking at teams that are likely going to go out and spend on an offensive lineman uh, starting tomorrow, it's probably going to be the Toronto Argonauts. They have five guys that are free agents. Jamal Campbell, William Campbell, Jamichael Dean, Tyler Holmes, Chris Konkowski. I mean, that's five guys right there that, uh, sure, they might be able to bring some of them back inevitably, but if not, there, there's some holes there that they're going to need to fill. And then my other question on the O-line is, uh, so BC goes out, spends $700,000 on a shiny new quarterback. Uh, they've got a couple guys leaving, Chris Greaves, Cody Husband. You mentioned Olaf Royer. Does BC is that BC's priority now is to go and get the guys to protect Mike Riley? Yeah, I think they're okay offensive line. I think we talked about this at the end of last year. They were kind of starting to build that offensive line a little bit, but to me, I'm just curious. Like, how much money did BC have? Probably not much more. Because you're looking at a guy that's just about about an eighth of your salary cap. I mean, if the cap is saying a number at $5.2 million, you're $300,000 away from a 50-year salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's very interesting. Any of these guys that you expect to be the first one off the board? Uh, Chung for me. Yeah. Uh, very quickly followed by Sir Vincent Rogers. 
Not the name that really intrigued me as far as the Blue Bombers go, because I know they were in on James Sir Vincent Rogers the last time he was a free agent, and they lost out on him to Ottawa. Um, and then I just wonder, I think tomorrow and the way free agency plays out, we're going to get a really good look, in my opinion, at what looks like, at what that starting O-line could look like. All right, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here, and we'll continue along the line and in the trenches and look at the defensive line. A um, couple huge names here. I think most notable two teams that were uh, huge forces on defense in 2018 are basically just having their defensive lines gutted here, and that's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Calgary Stampeders. In Saskatchewan, you got Toby Antigua, who frankly, can play all over the defense. I think that's a versatile guy that if he hits the market, a lot of teams are going to be jumping for because we saw him play defensive line. We saw him play linebacker. We saw him play safety last year. I think Toby Antigua, just the versatility alone that he can fill all those positions for you, makes him a hot commodity. You also have Mikael Brooks, Willie Jefferson, Corey Johnson, Eddie Steele, all those guys on the defensive line out of Saskatchewan. From Calgary, you got Garrett Davis, Micah Johnson, uh, Cordero Law, Junior Turner. I mean, these are some big fish that are going to be up for sale tomorrow. Drake Nevis. I'm really surprised the Bombers didn't bring back Trent Corny. Why but, is that? But then again, I mean, Corny was always in that rotation and was often injured. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be that all surprised, but... It wouldn't surprise me, Ryan, and I'm going to say this because I don't think I said it earlier. I fully expect the Bombers to put an emphasis on their defense tomorrow and on some wide receivers. And I'm just reading, apparently the Bombers have a big push out for Greg Ellington. Oh, wow. But we'll see if that materializes anything for tomorrow. Other big-name defensive linemen out there, John Bowman, we talked about that already. Gabriel Napton out of Montreal. Uh, you've got, let's see, you've got a bunch of guys out of Toronto here. Frank Beltre, Troy Davis, Justin Tuckle, Cameron Walker, Dylan Wynn, Adrian Tracy out of Hamilton's another huge one. Uh, Sean Lemon out of BC. Um, are there, is there any team here you think is going to be the most aggressive when it comes to defensive line? I mean, whoever's got... I mean, I, I think, to be honest, you can throw Montreal into just about every discussion <laughs> uh, concerning pieces. Uh, but, again, you know, it sounds like they're going to have money to spend. But Calgary, again, uh, the Riders might need to retool their defensive line, obviously, with all the guys that they've lost. And, again, uh, I think what we're going to see is the Bombers be aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. But to me, the intriguing name is Willie Jefferson. I mean, I'm hearing that he may or may not have NFL opportunities and not may derail what he does. But I would expect the Bombers to be in on just about every big name uh, possible. Here, here's, here's my prediction for the defensive line. We have all these big names out of Calgary, all these big names out of Saskatchewan. I think we're going to see a couple of them trade jerseys here because – Calgary can't bring back all of their guys. I could see them bringing back one of Micah Johnson or Ja'Garrett Davis, but I don't think they can afford to bring back both. 
I think Saskatchewan is along the same lines. They have all these guys. They're not going to be able to afford to bring them all back. I wouldn't be surprised to see a scenario where we end up with Micah Johnson and Saskatchewan Green and a guy like Willie Jefferson in Calgary Red. The irony, I'm not sure, but that would cause amongst those two fan bases. I think the stress and ant would be higher than that of a bomber going to the Riders or vice versa. Imagine Willie Jefferson in Calgary Red uh, hammering Bowie by Mitchell in Saskatchewan Green. That's it upside down. <laughs> could happen, Mike. It could happen. Um, any If there's one team that I think is still set up pretty well along the defensive line, I would say it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats or maybe the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, for Edmonton, really, I know they lost Jake Ceresna to the NFL, but really the big thing for them was uh, Canadian defensive lineman Kwaku Boateng, who signed a new deal. Uh, they have some other pieces back there. I think those two teams uh, are still set up decently well. They haven't lost too many pieces along the defensive line. Um, anything else on the defensive line around the league before we can move on to linebacker? I think you're going to see a lot of premium players change positions. Because, and then again, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of teams stay with their old teams. Because I think you're going to run into a situation where there's a lot of players... Better than a figure out or that think or that have agents or what have you. Better telling them maybe there'll be a little more money out there, a little less money out there than they think there is. Moving on to the linebacker position, um, here's one that intrigues me a little bit because there's not a whole lot of guys out there. Um, there are some big name ones though, and if you don't, you know, if you have a hole to fill and you don't have the money to buy one of these guys, where does that leave you at one of the three linebacker positions? You look at out of Montreal, you got Nicholas Boulay, Chip Cox, DJ Lalama, uh, Ottawa, Chris Ackie, Kyrie Saber, Toronto's Marcus Ball, Hamilton's Terrell Davis, Larry Dean, Winnipeg, Frederick Plessius, Javon Santos-Knox, Ian Wild, Saskatchewan's Kevin Francis, Calgary's Maleki Harris, and then BC's got a couple guys, Micah Awe, Deshaun Davis, Boa Combo, and Ron O'Mara. The biggest couple names on this list, Mike, have to be Larry Dean out of Hamilton, Kyrie Saber out of Ottawa, and Javon Santos-Knox out of Winnipeg. Okay, so let me pose you this question. Are you okay if the Bombers lose Javon Santos-Knox, but can a guy like Marcus Ball... Or Larry Dean? Well, I don't think they'd be able to afford a guy like Larry Dean, who has been one of the best linebackers in the league. Like, that's the thing. I think they will take a step back at that position. And I think there's some teams that may be looking for an upgrade at that position that are going to go out and spend big on Javon Santos Knox. Because this is a guy that, if Adam Bigfield didn't demand the big, or didn't deserve the big contract he got, he'd be back. I believe the Bombers would have him back in a heartbreak, if heartbeat, if they can make it work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, who do you think? Like he's not coming back to Winnipeg. There's reports, right, that he uh, that contracts have gone south. It's not going to work out. Where do you think Santos Knox lands? Montreal. Why? Um, just uh, what they're deleting. I mean. Think about it. They're getting a younger version of Chip Cox. 
there's in a younger version of Nicholas Boule. Maybe you looked at a situation where a guy like DJ Lamala out of Montreal comes to Winnipeg. DJ Lamala used to play for the Bisons. Yeah, I, I have Santos Knox um, going to Saskatchewan. I, I see that fit there. Uh, that being said, I think the defensive line is more of a priority for them. Um, one other team I think is going to be very actively looking for a linebacker is the Edmonton Eskimos, because as you remember, just a couple short weeks ago, uh, J.C. Sherrett retired. Yeah. And I think that's a big fit there. So any of these guys, I could see that being a position that Edmonton gets a little aggressive with. If they can figure out, first of all, I don't know if they can go out and focus on that right away because they need to focus on a couple things on offense. Yeah. So, again, it's almost with all nine teams. Where are you comfortable being weak, if that made sense? Yeah, or because, how, do you, how do you prioritize this? You, you, because, because basically what's going to happen is nobody's going to have no holes after free agency. Right. Where are you more comfortable where you can scout with what you have? And where are you more comfortable plotting and or draft pits into fill those said spots? Well, and let's be realistic here. If you're taking a look at your team's list of free agents and the holes on your roster and you're reaming out your, you know, your team's general manager and thinking this guy's crazy, what is he doing? Let's not forget all these holes are going to be filled by guys we've never heard of that come in in training camp and turn into CFL All-Stars. Nobody knew who, nobody knew who Javon Chanto Knotts was. Nobody knows who... Half the guys in Calgary are until a year later when they're CFL All-Stars and they're back in the Grey Cup again. Uh, a lot of big-name free agents at the defensive back position as well. Uh, out of Montreal, Joe Burnett, Dominique Ellis, TJ Heath, Jermaine Robinson. Out of Ottawa, Andrew Liu, Dorico Murray, Dan West. Toronto's Ronnie Yell, I think that's a big one there. Hamilton's Mariel Cooper, Josh Johnson, Courtney Stephen, Don Unamba, who was a CFL All-Star this year. Winnipeg, Kevin Fogg, Taylor Loeffler, Brendan Morgan. Uh, Saskatchewan's Javon Johnson, which I'm not sure if Javon is still looking for a playing job or if he is maybe looking to transition into coaching. Uh, seen and heard different things on that. Uh, I'd love to see him keep playing. I love Javon Johnson. Uh, Calgary, this is where they're taking a big hit. And again, this list is only the free agents. You have to also take into account the several guys they've lost going to the NFL, right? I mean, yeah, even if we like transition back to the linebacker position, Calgary's without Alex Singleton this year. So I think they could be in on one of those big-name linebackers as well. But Defensive back, Tende Delicate, Emmanuel Davis, Siante Evans, Patrick Levels, Adam Tebow, Troy Studermeyer, all free agents out of Calgary. Edmonton's Chris Edwards, who, um, Aaron Grimes, Brandon Thompson, and Josh Woodman. And out of BC, Otha Foster, Anthony Orange, slash AJ Jefferson, um, as he was formerly known. Gary Peters, Winston Rose, and, Anth- and Anthony Thompson. To me... Looking at this list, I think Calgary is going to be aggressive at the position. 
I think BC needs to be, but I don't know if they can afford it. Um, how do you see the defensive back landscape shaping out? How do I see the landscape uh, shaping up? It's very, very interesting. So this is where I think the team like the Bombers is going to be uh, very busy. I mean, trying to re trying to retool uh, how they do things. But I could see a team like the Bombers going after players like TJ Heath, Joe Burnett, even Ronnie Yell, Courtney Steven, even Dana Nampa. You know, I'm just looking at this list here, assuming that especially from a Winnipeg perspective, if Kevin Ford doesn't come back, I think it opens up a hole on the returning game. Um, I also feel that there is a there's a, a need here where the Bombers kind of need to shake the pot, if you will. Um, to me, the guys at the back end of the defense last year, I didn't think were near the end. Showed that there's a glaring weakness in the number of 500-yard games that they gave up. So I think if there's a way to rejig that whole thing, they'll certainly look at it. You know, you look at a team like the Riders here, only one free agent, and that's Javon Johnson, and they had a very good defensive backfield Saskatchewan did last year. Just think about how many touchdowns they scored. That, that just shows me I don't expect them to do much at the position. I, I don't think they need to upgrade too much there, really. Uh, again, linebacker, they're pretty solid still as well. Yeah, they have those free agents along the defensive line. If they could, if the Riders can shore up, say, like Willie Jefferson and a couple other guys along the defensive line, does that then leave you to just focus on the offense, focus, find a quarterback, get the wide receivers in there, that allows them to focus heavily on the offense, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic how teams weigh the balance beam and the teeter-totter, for lack of better term. Between offense and defense. Yeah, and to me, I think a lot of teams, uh, like Saskatchewan, for instance, last year, maybe Ottawa to an extent, spent a lot of money on, say, offense and defense, but not a whole lot on that other side of the ball. So a team like Calgary, now you've talked about this for a while, where the shakeup is coming for Calgary eventually, and I mean, I feel like it comes quite often because they do lose some guys to the NFL and some guys go other places, but then they fill them in. But they have a lot of free agents on defense. They have a lot of free agents on offense. How do you see Calgary playing this out? over the next month or so. I think, to be honest with you, if anybody should be scared about free agency, the rest of the league, it should be Calgary. Because Hoffnado can kind of go in there strutting his shoulders and saying, hey, look at what we've done. This is our track record. Bah, 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 bah. You should come play the Calgary because we've finished in the East, in the East a whole, or sorry, in the West, a whole lot of uh, times in first place and it's been... <laughs> Basically a one-way ticket to the Grey Cup having to only win one game. Um, but I think Calgary got the sales pitch. That is an interesting point. You know, that would be the most interesting part of all of this to me is 
to have a free agency period where John Huffnagel just starts throwing money at everybody. Because I don't think that's how he typically operates. I think typically you look at Huffnagel as more of a guy that, yeah, you know, even some of his players, I think Derek Dennis has been vocal about that, that Huffnagel does not go out and spend big money on his guys. If he can't afford you, he'll go find somebody to replace you. And he does that through scouting and finding the diamonds in the rough. And uh, I'm interested to see if, you know, with all of the holes he has, how, how much he does spend. And I, don't, and, and I don't know if we'll get that answer until we know what happens with Bo Levi Mitchell. And I don't think we'll get that answer till close to the season. So you think Cal- do you think Calgary's going to be pretty quiet over the next month or so? I really don't know, because to be honest with you, Hafnado's earned that opportunity and earned that right based on Calgary's reputation to go throw money at everybody. Fair enough. Um, defensive side of the ball, we've gone through that. Uh, quickly looking at the special teams here, Mike, here's an interesting situation. You have two teams that are without a starting kicker in the Hamilton Tiger Cats and DC Lions because Ty Long is off to the NFL and Liram Haralahu is a free agent. Liram Haralahu is the only free agent at the position. So one of these teams, I would imagine, is going to sign this guy. Who's who's going to fill in? A, who's going to be the kicker for the other team? Is there anybody out there that uh, you can think of that's going to fill the role right away, or uh, is it going to be another situation where we pull a security guard out of the stands and have him start <laughs> kicking field goals? <laughs> Honestly, you read my mind, so that's what I'm going to say. Um, kickers are a dime a dozen for sure, and I don't believe it's detrimental if you don't sign a kicker tomorrow. No. But to me, it's very interesting because Hamilton's a very interesting place to kick field goals, just with the wind and the crosswind and all that kind of stuff. I think if you know what you're getting with your kicker, you're in a hurry to lock them up. But if you don't know what you're getting or you think you can do better, then wait it out. And perhaps that's what Hamilton's doing. I'm interested to see what happens with that. I don't think Haralahu had the best of years last season for them, so maybe they're looking to go a different route there. And does that mean he heads to BC? That is one thing we'll find out. I don't know if we'll so, find it out tomorrow, but... So, like, the, the reason I say that is, if you look at Winnipeg, I hate to pull this back to Winnipeg, but we are based in Winnipeg. You know what you're getting with Justin Medlock. Right. How many catchers can do what Justin Medlock can do that are not currently in the CFL? Not a whole lot. Probably not. So I think if you know what you have and you have a proven commodity, you do what you can to keep that commodity. And of all the positions in the CFL that is kind of settled for more teams than not, I believe it's the kicking. Interesting. And I don't think there's any any team that really needs to go out and upgrade their kicking based on the way rosters are currently constructed. And to be honest with you, it is a little bit concerning that all of a sudden Liram is on the verge of being a free agent twice already. Maybe he just 
he wants to maximize out our money. But I just find it a little bit funny that the Bombers didn't bring him back, and now it sounds like Hamilton isn't going to bring him back. Just as we wrap things up here, Mike, I'm just looking through some more uh, news to see if anything has come up. Uh, you mentioned before Montreal signed BJ Cunningham. Looks like that's to a two-year deal uh, from Joey Alfieri out of Montreal. Um, the Edmonton Eskimos earlier today did sign uh, Canadian wide receiver Tavon Smith, who I believe was one of their draft picks that had gone to play in the NFL. Um, so perhaps that is a, another piece at wide receiver for whatever quarterback is going to be playing in Edmonton. And then just as I scrolled through this earlier, I did see an interesting point brought up by Jeff Hamilton, one of the reporters here from Winnipeg. Um, so Mike Riley goes from Edmonton to BC, leaving Mike Riley with 700 or leaving Edmonton with $700,000. They didn't spend on Mike Riley. Will we see... Trevor Harris, and Greg Ellingson as a combo going to the Eskimos. Possible. I think, I think it's a strong possibility that those two go somewhere together. I, I, I wonder actually how many patent deals there will be together. Do you think that's a frequent occurrence? Keep in mind, Ryan, you're friends with a lot of the guys you play with. I'm assuming Darrell Walker, just to use that example, is good friends with Mike Riley. If you trust the guy, you want to go with the guy, right? Right. And it's kind of like coaches, right? When Chris Jones left uh, Edmonton, he brought a lot of the guys to Saskatchewan. That would be just like me, like if I went to another radio station, for example, and they said, oh, continue, continue to do your football podcast. Well, if I like you enough as a friend, I'm going to bring you with me. It's, it's the same kind of thing. In the CFL, if, if you like your quarterback and if you are you have a good relationship with your quarterback and you want to play with your quarterback, by all means, bring them with you. That's a great way to put it. Just to round things up here, what's the overall vibe, Mike, that you get for uh, tomorrow, for Tuesday, free agency opens? Are we expecting a busy day? Which teams are you expecting to be very active early on? Which teams are we not so much? Um, I would put Hamilton in the boat of not being active. I would put Montreal and Saskatchewan with teams with money to spend. And maybe Calgary as the busier team, depending on what happens with the with the Boldy by Mitchell situation. Um, the interesting thing is, and I think I used this analogy with you this morning, is the CFL is about to throw everything in the blender. I can't wait to see the texture that it comes out as. I think we might have the episode title right there, Mike. <laughs> Done. Use it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that does it for today. Um, when will we be back? I believe we're taking a couple weeks off now, correct, Mike? Because you are busy uh, with a lot of things. I can slide in another recording that Monday night if you so choose. We will see what we can do about that. Uh, we will be back uh, at some point in the next few weeks, though, to break down all of the news. And again, we've talked for over an hour now about which teams need to fill this hole, how, with, where we think these players are going, and 90% of our predictions will likely be false um, and be determined to be false 
within about 24 hours from now. But it's all part of the yeah, fun. Yeah, it's part of it. It's all part of the fun, and we don't know. We don't know different situations with different teams. We're not in those meetings. Right, and we'll see how this all plays out. I'm interested to follow along. Uh, whether we have a show next week or not, we'll, uh, we'll be active uh, on Twitter, uh, talking CFL news as it comes out there. Uh, so follow us on Twitter, at CFC on Mike FM. Uh, you can follow me at Cooper Trooper 42 as well. And Mike, where can we find you? You can find me at Mike Garrett, M-I-K-E-G-E-R-L. At Mike Garrell for Mike. And uh, like us on Facebook as well, the Canadian Football Countdown there. Uh, subscribe to all, us on all the podcast feeds. Leave a comment, leave a like, uh, share the show. Always helps us get out to more people. Um, any last thing you would like to say, Mike? Well, I was just going to say, agents are going to make a lot of money. Apparently, there's this one agent. I saw the story on TSN.ca. I don't know if it's, I don't know uh, what his name is. It escaped me here, but to the hell, uh, unfortunately, we looked it up. But there's this one agent that controls Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, and I think it is Bowley by Mitchell. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, something like that, a big passage of the prominent players are with the same agent. So it's a very interesting scenario. A lot of money will be thrown around. A lot of players will be changing places, and we will be back in the near future to bring trading pla- places and trading spaces, just like the old TV show. And that is now the new episode title. Uh, thanks for that, Mike. Uh, <laughs> You're on a roll with those today. We'll leave it at that. Trading places, trading spaces, a lot of that to happen tomorrow. This has been the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, Check out all the other great CF Pod Network shows at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Thank you for listening. For Michael Garrell, I'm Ryan Coop saying enjoy all of the craziness that is about to come our way with the flurry of CFL action, and we will be back to talk more about it. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.